That was good. Right tempo. I sang all the words and am still not out of breath, so that was good. Um, our our old, uh, Hebrew Bible lesson today is from Second Kings. It's the passing of the mantle from Elijah to Elisha, and it uh, it goes like this. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elijah said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. And Elijah said to him, Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And the company of prophets who were at Jericho, Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. And Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them. And as they both were standing by the Jordan... Then Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck it in the water. The water parted the one side to the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. And when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. And if not, it, it will not. Excuse me. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them into pieces. By the way, that's where we get swing low, sweet chariot. Elijah, one of the only people in the Bible who does not die a natural death, but is taken up into heaven. 
And because this is Transfiguration Sunday, we've moved on from the beginning chapters of Mark to the ninth chapter, the second verse where we hear the story of Jesus' transformation, transfiguration, as Mark tells it. Remember, Mark is the gospel who just wants us to know the facts. Just get the story straight. You don't need the details. So this is what Mark says. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And Jesus was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elisha with Moses. And yes, Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Peter did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them all, and from the cloud came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Only one other place does this story or the story of Jesus' baptism where you hear the voice of God saying, This is my son, the beloved. Say, listen to him. Mark finds it important to tell us that we must listen to Jesus. Which got me thinking, what does it mean to listen to Jesus? I was just talking to somebody in the narthex who has a very hard of hearing spouse. I have a very hard of hearing mother. And there were times when I first moved back to the valley before she got her hearing aids in order when I would sit and talk to her and she, would never, she wouldn't answer. Talking to someone who you know is not going to listen is very frustrating. And eventually, I just kind of stopped engaging her in conversation. Because I knew she wasn't going to hear me, and I knew she wasn't going to talk back, and I knew there was no point. So the first thing that occurs to me about listening to Jesus is we have to believe that Jesus is listening to us first. We have to have enough faith to know that the one to whom we are asked to listen will listen. 
That makes sense, right? You can't have a conversation with somebody who can't hear you very well. It's hard work. But if we can agree that we know that Jesus will listen to us when we talk, then what? I know that I have done the children's sermon here that was so influential on me as a child, where you take the telephone, you know, one of those, the child's old-fashioned telephones where the receiver actually has a cord that goes to a thing where you have dials that go around like this. Anybody remember those? Yeah, good. Okay. Um, And you tell the kids, when you pray, what do you do? Well, you talk like you do on the phone. And then what? And sometimes they'll say, well, you hang up. No. You don't hang up. You, You listen for what the other person is going to say to you. Just this week, I counseled with somebody who has a vision, an understanding of God that is so big, it blew my mind. Because this person was saying to me, well, I say this, and God says this back. I mean, this is a whole conversation that this person is having with God. And I was amazed. Because most people don't stop that long. First of all, to stop talking long enough to listen to what Jesus says. Most people don't have the audacity to argue back. But most people also don't have the depth of relationship that this person has. It was quite remarkable. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. What are we to do? Some of you know I have a new roommate. Living with someone again is a fascinating thing. Because she'll tell me something. And it's gone. I'm sure none of you do this with your spouses or your children or anything like this, but the other day she was leaving, she said, do do you remember anything I say? No, (laughs) I really don't. Um, But it occurs to me, in order to truly listen to somebody, to remember what they're saying, to grab hold of it, you have to be attentive to that person. You can't sit in the midst of Starbucks with all the energy and noise and traffic and distraction and say, I'm going to listen to Jesus today. You've got to make an intentional effort to be attentive to what Jesus wants to say to you. It also occurs to me that you have to ask for the message. What do you need to hear? 
How do we need to communicate? What do I need to do, Jesus, to be the person that listens to you? That doesn't seem difficult when I think about it, but oh my, it really is. All of this stuff, all this good communication, all this listening, receiving a message, takes time. It's a relationship. And you know, you can't have a good relationship if you're not putting time into it. If you don't have respect for one another, if you don't have attention for each other. It doesn't work. So here's the thing. Mark, in this chapter, doesn't go into big, long speeches about, this is my beloved son, he was with me from the beginning, and this is what he did, and this is what he's going to do. He said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And in order to do that, in order to be Christ's followers, there are things we have to do. Of course, God speaks to us through the word. That's how we know when we think God is speaking to us. It's not just made up in our head. We're not just crazy people walking around hearing voices. What we hear and listen for has to match the word of God. But when it does, when we take the time to form that relationship, Then there becomes an interaction that moves back and forth between us and God. And we can know that the life we're living is the the life that glorifies God. That God wants us to live. It's transformative. Jesus took three of his disciples to a mountain and he was transformed. He was transfigured into something they had never seen before. Something so glorious it it terrified them. But they were also in awe and they wanted to honor it. When you listen to Jesus, you may become terrified, awed by the greatness of what Jesus has to say to you. But don't be afraid. For you are doing what God commanded. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Amen. Amen.